In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we are discussing rebuilding trust. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. We are so excited that you are here and that you are listening and that you are a part of this mantastic community. Hey, I want to tell you before we get started, here's how you reach out to us. Coach at Man vs. Marriage Podcast.com. Coach at Man vs. Marriage Podcast.com. And that is V like victory, S like success. It's not all spelled out. You can also reach out to us on Facebook, okay? And that's at MVSM Podcast. And you know what? I'm really, as far as social media goes, I'm huge on Instagram. Find me, Quincy underscore Moran underscore. That's where it is. And we're starting to put a little more heat into the man versus marriage uh, Instagram. But I love Instagram. So much less drama than Facebook. But we do have a lot of uh, great things on there um, as far as Facebook goes. So we do connect there. Reach out to us. We love you, we thank you, and I mean it. I, don't even, I haven't even seen your face, but I mean it. So in today's episode, we are talking about rebuilding trust. I'm in the studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Jeannie, say, what's up? What's up? Dang it. <laughs> no. Um, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, in the beginning, when things were tough, we were in full-on survival mode. It was a very difficult situation. We had no time for each other. We were working through autism. We were working through seizures. We were working through brain surgery. We were working through our children being sexually abused uh, by babysitters. We were working through people in church telling us that God was doing this to teach us a lesson, that God was doing this because we weren't tithing enough. Um, we were dealing with people telling us that um, this is our own fault because we shouldn't have had so many kids. Maybe I should have pulled out. You should have uh, been more responsible as a woman because that's your job. Uh, we were dealing with, well, maybe you should get some selective abortions so that one kid has the best chance to live. There was a litany of things that we were dealing with. And in the process, you and I had grown farther and farther apart. And my thing is like, what did I do? You're answering those questions. And I'm so thankful um, that I asked those questions. But now it's like, how the heck did we trust each other again? Because so many things were so hard. It was so difficult, you know. I, I would imagine with me being gone so much and us having the football moment, you know, I'm coaching football, doing a clothing line, doing Moran Brothers, doing a full-time job, um, all those things. Um, how did you even trust that I was going to get back into this marriage full-time, which at the time I thought I was just based on what, I thought my role was, but I didn't know what you needed. You know, and I asked you that question and you answered me here. It was like, 
you said that my actions were the most important piece to rebuild trust. And then I kind of went, you know, to 3B, the question, the third question, and then that's my words and my actions lined up. And that's what began rebuilding trust. Um, and that's what opened you up. I don't, I don't know what you can add to that or how we can further that conversation. It's like, what actions, what did, what did my actions, um, show you? What were my words and how did my actions complement those? What, uh, what was it to help you build trust? I'm done talking. Go ahead. Well, first of all, we were fighting the same battle, but we were fighting separately. So that was a huge dividing factor for us we we had the same voices speaking into us we had the same life going on in the same house with the same people but we were not talking about it we were not facing it I was fighting my battle you were fighting your battle and um it just felt like I was on an island and you were on a ship and you just kept going and you'd come back every now and then but you just kept going back out and you weren't around as much um, when we had the come to Jesus moment about football and it honestly, it was me going to the point of a complete and total mental breakdown because baby eight was on her way. Football was literally the, the weekend our baby was due was his first football game. That was what started. It was, I was worried you weren't going to be there and I was going to be ready to deliver this baby. So, um, and we had all the other garbage behind it. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I think what ended up changing it was that was the first thing was when I poured my heart out and just told you the football needs to go. I, I need you more than we need that paycheck, mm-hmm. um, which well, this was baby number eight. So any paycheck was welcomed at that point but I needed you more than I needed a paycheck. And the fact that you were willing to put me first and explain to everyone, I, this is not happening anymore. This is what needs to be priority. And we took heat, dude. I took heat when he wasn't around. He took heat when I wasn't around. People were just not happy with this decision. I mean, it, it came down to me controlling him and that's not what it is at all. I had seven kids, one on the way. The twins were a year old. They were, you know, just getting to where they were mobile. Mm -hmm. And we have Anissa on her way. And we don't know what to expect in any C-section. We don't know what to expect with any of our kids. We've had doctors tell us everything's going to be great. And then when they come out, they're in an incubator. So everything was definitely not great. Um, But you were always telling me, you're there for me. You'll do anything for me, anything I ever need. You know, you were always telling me these things, but when I needed you, you were not there. You might've been physically there, but you were physically there working. You were physically there trying to figure out a football game. You were physically there watching a football game, but you were not connected with me Mm -hmm. at all. Um, what changed is when you put me as a priority things just change. You started doing things, seeing me, um, all those little things we've talked about in the previous episodes that showed me that you cared about me. But what opened me to trust you was when you stopped football and you were home. 
And you were home every single Friday. You were home every single weekend. You helped with Anissa. You helped with the kids. When I was taking care of Anissa or in my, my recovery time, you made it a point to be home earlier to take the load off as much as you could. Because we had my mom for a little bit. But, you know, let's face it. My mom can only be there for a short amount of time. And these are our kids, not my mom's kids. So the things that you did to show me that I was priority, the things that you did to um, start talking to me, you know, there are other opportunities came up right behind football. I swear to you, whenever this man puts something aside, somebody or something comes up right behind it and says, Hey, we've got this bandwagon jump on. And I was scared because it was so easy for you to just say, this is a great opportunity. We can make some money here. I could do this. And my first thought was great. He's gone. This, we're doing this again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even Moran Brothers taking time and it started out with little stuff and then the productions got bigger and bigger and more time consuming and that became an issue. But then we got to this process with Rita where it was like, okay, negotiate it. Right. What It's not saying that you can't do things on your own in a way or separate from the family. What it's saying is he didn't know what my need was and how much time I needed or um, what exactly it was that I needed help with so that I didn't feel like I was carrying all the weight. We had to have those conversations. But it was you finally, I mean, every time you tell a person, I'm there for you, I've got you, I'll do this, whatever you need, no problem. If you're not really showing that, then why am I going to tell you what I need? Mm-hmm. And that that's where we were. We got to the point where I could tell you what I needed. I could trust you with my emotions and something because you were finally kind of seeing where I was at. Yeah. You, you made it to my island, babe. <laughs> I parked the ship on your island, babe. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> that's oh, last that, episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the last episode. Sorry. Um, so, you know, the thing that, the thing that, uh, that really struck me and I've told this story before. I'll tell it briefly again. When you were sitting on that uh, on that chair in that recliner, looking at me and crying, saying, "I need you," I almost said, "I made a commitment to that football team, and those boys need me." I that almost came out of my mouth, but I stopped because as soon as I heard myself think that, I said, "Wait." My first commitment was to you. Mm, even signed a contract. Even ever before the kids, my first commitment was to you. I'm a husband first. I'm not a father first. I'm a husband first. So in that moment, I had to stop. You know, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I stopped. I said, are you some kind of freaking idiot, Quincy? You know, and like we've talked about, you do, you really just do what you see. And my dad was out. We were poor. When I was in Alabama, we were growing up poor. My dad was a single dad. In California, my mom was a single mom, both struggling. My dad was always gone, working, trying to figure out how to provide. Um, but you know what? He, he was one of five. And what did my papa do? Worked. He worked. He was a fireman. He was a part-time plumber, part-time electrician, 
he was a minister, so he he preached everywhere all the time. And he was just out getting things done, but where was he at home? And in that moment, you know, it just dawned on me, and I remembered, you know, I kind of went back because I'm, I'm heavily influenced by, you know, football coaches, preachers, whatever the case is. And the thing I came to was I always remembered at the end of their career, whether it was the ministers or the football coaches, they would say, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. And you only get one shot at raising your kids. You, you know, you only get one shot at that because before long they're gone. And there and something struck in that moment for me. And I was done. I said, you know, I could pick coaching up anytime. I could uh become a pastor or a preacher anytime. But I really only have this time uh with my kids and my wife. This is where we're like building something here together. And so I made the decision in that moment um, that it was time for me to stop. It was hard. It was a hard decision. Um, but it was even harder seeing you sit in that chair falling apart and knowing that I was the root cause of that. So I had to do some things different. I had to come through. I was busy coming through for everybody else. I wasn't coming through for me. I wasn't coming through for you. I was coming through for everybody that was outside of my door. And that that was a big deal. I don't know why I never asked you what it was going to take to rebuild your trust. I just knew it was important to show up. Um, and I thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, and I want to continue to show up because trust, you know, is it like we've said it's really really hard to build very very easy to break and it's even harder to rebuild and sometimes impossible so i'm glad because there are there were so many opportunities to take me back into all these things you know and all the different things that i was trying to do so many different things at one time and it was just not worth it and i after making those decisions to show up, our relationship, me as a dad as well, has just never, it's never been better. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to show up. I know, I know it's been game changer for us. And you showed up too. Because there were, you know, things that I needed to trust you again for. Because I did a lot of assuming that I knew what you were thinking, and I knew what your <laughs> what your thoughts were. Don't try to live in this head. It's not. It's, there's not enough room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no vacancy, sir. Um, I got a question for you, honey. Uh -oh. Was I perfect at this in the beginning? No. Okay. No. Okay. But so, neither uh, was I. Right. I All wasn't right. good at telling you what I needed or. Um, saying things without being snippy because I was still working through hurt. Well, you know, here's what's great is that I wasn't perfect at it and you didn't give up. No. I wasn't perfect at it. I didn't give up. No. And that's what's important. In every single episode, you know, we do get feedback and the feedback is I tried this once and it didn't work. Look, dude... For real? Keep doing it until something changes. 
And don't take the same approach 10 times if it hasn't worked 10 times. You need to keep, you need to hone your craft. You know, I I think as much as much of an advantage as Amazon Prime or Facebook or Instagram gives us all this instantaneous gratification, the art of hard work and grit and endurance has kind of been lost on us mm-hmm. as a dang society. This takes time. You need to grind. You need to be willing to do something different, continually do a valve check and find out where are you? How am I doing? What do you need from me? What do you need more? And for you to be able to explain that on your side too, not just finding out what she needs, but for her to know what you need. There's no, there's never been any infidelity in our relationship. So Mm -hmm. that's not the type of trust that we've had to have the experience in rebuilding and God forbid we ever have to. Ours was a sense of me not showing up. Me saying that I would, but I would schedule myself to the minute. And I would think, well, if I'm going to be home at the same time, I'll just, you know, pack my schedule full and still be home at the same time. But why wouldn't I, if I could get off earlier, why wouldn't I do that for my family Mm -hmm. instead of for football? I never saw it that way. That's what it amounted to. If you if you can if you can change things to accommodate other things, going somewhere, being at somebody else's house, coaching a sport, whatever it is, but you don't take the same effort in making that time for home or your wife or your kids, I would suggest reevaluating that. And taking a look at it because that says something whether you intend for it not to or not it says something to your spouse it says something to your kids our kids noticed our kids noticed a lot mm-hmm. at they that little, time but... they were little i think ash was maybe five or six her behaviors started kind of letting us know that she noticed because when you came home and there was more structure there was more not necessarily discipline, but just another voice to say, hey, I'm here. You're not getting away with this anymore. Right. Things are changing. Right. Then attitudes changed. The way they did things changed. And it took a couple of weeks, but then they started getting happier because they were expecting you. You got flocked with kids the minute you opened the front door. Yeah. So it's it makes a huge difference. I was like Nick difference. Jonas walking out of the hotel. Right. I was mobbed by chicks. Right. <laughs> uh, well, we got to wrap this episode up, but I want to make sure that you you have some takeaways, and I think really you do. Um, but what's important about building trust is freaking show up, be relentless, do not give up, find out what she needs, figure out what you need, and get on the path. You must remain relentless. What'd you say, honey? I said if it's not working, ask her questions. I've tried this. I've been doing this. Help me understand what it is that you need. You need a freaking playbook. Yeah, and thanks for reminding me, honey. I'm big. Just give me the playbook. If you give me the playbook, I'm going to run every play meaningful, intentional, because I absolutely, I mean, I I do want to make your dreams come true, honey. That's just the way it is. That's That's what I live for. 
the laugh, the smile, those beautiful eyes, those sexy, sexy looks. Back on track. Okay, let's go. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. It, uh, it is great to have you listening to these episodes of us pouring our heart out. You know how to contact us. I advise you to do so. Share your wins. Share your failures. Let's learn from both. Until the next episode, the cute diggity dog and genie girl, we are out. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.